Welcome to the Art of Grateful Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Judy Umless, creator of the Center for Grateful Leadership and author of three books, including the one on grateful leadership, that all focus on the power of acknowledgement. I'm also Senior Vice President at the International Institute for Learning. And I love the way people come into my life. It's so so unpredictable and so exciting. And today's guest is somebody I am really, really thrilled to have uh, as a guest. And uh, his name is Dr. John Tanner. And the way Dr. John Tanner came to me, and I'll tell you also, he's beginning his 21st year in public education and his fourth year as the principal of Alfred G. Waters Middle School in Middletown, Delaware. Now, how did I come to know Dr. John Tanner? A while ago, I was on a wonderful podcast called Better Leaders, Better Schools with Daniel Bauer. He was the host, and Daniel's going to have to be a guest on my podcast one of these days soon. And his he, he labels his podcast as the flagship podcast for ruckus makers in education. And uh, after that interview... I found that uh, one Dr. John Tanner had uh, signed up for the Grateful Leadership On Demand course. And it's a seven hour course. It's not what you would call light reading. It's light viewing and it's very interactive and very interesting. But I was a little surprised that without a conversation or anything, he just ordered it. And I I wanted to get into a conversation about what drove him to do that. And so much uh, became clear and evolved as we were speaking. And Dr. John Tanner, I want to uh, welcome you very uh, warmly to this podcast. And uh, I'm so delighted that you could make it even right before the launch of the school year. Well, thank you, Judy. It's a pleasure to uh, to talk with you again today. And you're right; it is. It's a busy time of year, a very exciting time of year. And I was glad to uh, be able to spend some time with you, as you've been really instrumental in helping me frame my thinking for the upcoming school year. So uh, it's it's really a pleasure. Oh, that's so great. And um, you know what I I really find so moving. John got into the Grateful Leadership on Demand course. But then he decided that he wanted to have uh, a customized version of the Power of Acknowledgement book because Power of Acknowledgement is the keystone to all of the Grateful Leadership work and the other work that we're doing out in the world. And uh, John, tell us a little bit about your thinking process with that. Well, I knew that I wanted to uh, make really clear to, to my staff uh, just really my heartfelt gratitude for the work they do each day. And we look for ways uh, throughout the school year to, of course, to say thank you and to show appreciation um, and to make sure that people are, um, you know, knowing that we we value the work they do. There's so much, like I'm, tr- I'm sure is true in any position, that that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, but we wanted to, to make sure that people uh, knew that we saw them. Uh, one of our areas of focus is this idea of knowing and being known. And uh, it was clear to me that after last year in particular, which was such a hard year for everyone, and yes. uh, I really felt that particularly with 
uh, with my staff that we needed to do something that was just as explicit and clear as it could be around uh, around acknowledgement and uh, even even beyond just appreciation or recognition, right? Something that you've you've talked about, but true acknowledgement. This idea of uh, being seen and being valued. And so my thinking was, how do we help people? Uh, honestly, Judy, how do we help them heal and recover from a really mm. difficult season? Yes. How do we help them know that uh, we're in this together in such a period of isolation, you know, as last year was, uh, and and to still come together around something that uh, really honors the humanity of each person in the school. And so that was my thinking. It was really a way to say, where have we been? Where would I like us to go? And what are some of the important steps to make sure that we can do that? And so uh, to to what you mentioned earlier about hearing your podcast with Danny, and, and it really just resonated with me because I listened to it near the end of last school year. And it it spoke to my heart as as kind of what I was feeling as I reflected on uh, the marathon that we had just run yeah. and and how I knew my staff was feeling and how I honestly was feeling and and even some feedback that I'd received just with the amount of changes that occurred and the uh, the expectations to pivot so quickly as as all people had last year. Uh, I wanted to to really learn more about this idea of making sure that I was expressing in ways that all people or as many people as possible could receive and hear that I saw them and I appreciated them uh, because yeah. I really wanted that to be a part of our school culture. Well, you know, you've, you have brought that up in two different ways, something that's so critical and important. Um, you talk about the importance of being seen. You want your um, educational staff to feel seen, that they are seen, to be known. And, and you just said it again using a slightly different term for it, but people need to be seen and they need to know that they are visible because I, I've had so many people when I've given uh, keynote speeches at conferences and I, I've had people come up to me afterwards and say, I feel invisible in my job. I don't feel known. I think that was the other word you used. You want them to feel known. And right. um, how did you come to uh, you know really embrace that? Because I, I know you you did you have your doctorate in educational leadership from the University of Delaware, and your doctoral thesis was. Uh, going beyond standardized testing, exploring the role of motivation in adolescent literacy. I mean, motivation is such an important part of this whole dynamic. But being seen, I think, is perhaps one of, if not m the main uh, important factor in how we feel about our jobs and where we're working and who our leaders are. That's right. Well, I appreciate you drawing that connection, and I and I think it's uh, it's important uh, for me to even hear you make that that connection because um, you're right that student motivation is is really similar in many ways to adult motivation, or I should say, adolescent motivation is similar to to adult motivation in that all people, and I believe this strongly, not just from my background as a teacher and educator, but through my through my research and then also uh, honestly through uh, just you know my personal uh, faith journey, I, I just mm. I truly believe that all people have this d deep desire to connect with one another. Yes. Uh, yes. And, and right, so to connect well, 
uh, we we want to be known deeply, uh, and of course, we desire to to know others then deeply. And so, uh, the the research on motivation is really clear about this: that uh, we are motivated by connection, and it's not just mm. connection in relationship, but it's also connection in in my capacity. So I, I feel that I am able to do something, and then I'm also aware of my ability to do it. So not only am I strong in my skills, but I'm also uh, I have a strong sense of efficacy in my skills, which we know can uh, come from internal uh, reflection and, and feedback, but often comes from other people affirming our gifts and our skills. And so um, we see that I see that all the time in my role as, as a school leader, uh, that where we can foster relationships, where we can build people's capacity and where we can help them feel confident in their competence, we see high levels of motivation. Mm. Uh, and yes. and so that's the connection there that I, I think I would draw uh, between uh, that work that I did with students and the work that I'm trying to do now. And honestly, Judy, and I'm sure that you felt this and, and I'm sure many of your your partners and your guests would say the same thing. Last year just threw a curveball oh. to oh. all of us on the things that we were good at and, you know, forming relationships when we're uh, socially distant and with masks and, and for many of our months last year uh, doing virtual instruction. Uh, we all felt the effects of that. And honestly, we're still feeling some of them. Uh, but yeah, so that's how I would make that connection. Yes, I think that was the hardest year ever to be seen, to be, you know, I mean, yes, you could be seen on a Zoom link or an educational uh, system, but it's not the same as feeling like you're known. And I always think of... Um, a wonderful book called uh, The Book of Awakening by Mark Nepo. Uh, he writes one of my favorite, he has passages every day. And one of the passages uh, is, I remember it's December 31st. <laughs> I've read it like for four years in a row. And uh, he, he says in an African tribe, uh, the Bushmen actually say to each other when they're coming through the, the, the forest, um, he says that one, one says, I see you. And the other mm. one says, I am here. And mm. that, that presencing of people, I mean, it's kind of a, um, you know, it's not a tangible thing to talk about is you can't give somebody a, you know, an instruction manual on how to see other people, but we all know when we are seen, when our talents are seen, when, um, uh, you know, our skills and, and creativity are seen by others. We know what that feels like. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, um, the letter that you wrote for the custom edition of The Power of Acknowledgement. I mean, I was just reading it casually. I was on vacation. <laughs> and uh, my colleague sent it to me. And uh, I was going to read it quickly, you know. But then I read it. I really read mm. it. And I, I just, I, I want to start, I want to read a little bit from the letter that you are writing that you wrote to all of your um, educational staff um, and what is in the first page of my book. I'm so honored to share that uh, print space with you. Okay, so it says, Dear AGW Leadership Team, it's the Alfred G. Waters Leadership Team, 
and I have to explain what we're going to refer to Shark Nation. And I understand the shark is your mascot. So that's right. <laughs> I have to right. ask about that. <laughs> okay. Please receive this book as a gift of thanks and appreciation for your dedication and commitment to Shark Nation, your love for our students and colleagues, and your passionate pursuit of living out your why of every day. Now, explain that to us just a little bit. I love the sound of that, your why of every day. Sure. Well, I'm I'm really grateful that you asked that question because uh, that is a question we asked our staff maybe four years ago now as we were revising our vision statement. And uh, it's drawn from uh, Simon Sinek, start with why, start with your why. And uh, okay. we asked our staff, what is your why for the work that you do each day? And mm. it was from their answers then that we constructed our vision statement and then the motto that we've extracted from the vision statement, which is empower, achieve, lead. And so what we talk about a lot here is we want to bring our motto to life every day in the work oh, that we do with students. And of course, that really means that we want to bring our why every day and we want to remember it and of course it was very difficult in all years right whatever the challenges might be there are seasons when it's difficult to remember the why of the work and and of course what's beautiful about that is that extends well beyond the education field it extends into all fields we have to remember that thing that got us excited to enter into a certain field Uh, but certainly last year it was very difficult to always remember uh, and and certainly easy to lose sight of uh, the things that caused us to love the work initially. Because to be honest, I'm sure many people experienced some of those things were either absent or so distant from memory that it was difficult to uh, always call to mind why we we loved the work. So uh, that idea of remembering or living out your why uh, is is language that we use a lot. Powerful, powerful. Thank you, thank you. Okay, and then uh, in the next paragraph, you say your commitment to our students, to your teams, and to our vision is inspiring. You give of yourselves all day in your instruction, and then you somehow find ways to give more. Thank you for your many sacrifices. I know the work you do, which is, John, saying, I see you. And the excellence with which you do it is born out of a desire to see every member of our school community thrive and flourish. And I, I love those words. Talk to us about thriving and flourishing in your educational uh, community. Sure. Well, I want to certainly uh, to give credit to uh, a friend and uh, colleague and mentor of mine, uh, Dave Stewart Jr., who's a, an educational leader. And um, he he uh, has as one of his areas of focus just this idea of human flourishing, and uh, I've I've borrowed that that phrase from him. Uh, it also ties in again to just what I think is 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 the purpose of of humanity, right? That we would uh, we would pursue flourishing. That all of us again want to thrive and want to flourish, and uh, we want to live full and abundant lives. And so. Um, I view my role as a as a person, but certainly as a leader, is to serve, uh, to lead by serving, and to serve in such a way that people can uh, tap into the things that help them thrive and flourish. So, uh, you know, the language or the phrase itself, I certainly, I certainly borrowed the 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 sentiment. I think mm-hmm. is an ancient one, and it is honestly a human one, and, and it's one that uh, 
I would say I aspire to uh, because you know um, it's it's one of those types of ideas that um, we want to keep it as a as a value and as a goal that we would be doing work that again it, it ties back to the why. Uh, mm-hmm. We want long-term human flourishing. I think we want that for ourselves. We want that for our families. We want that for our uh, our communities. And yes. I think that's true across the world. And so uh, that, I think, really speaks to the why that most people do the work that they do, Judy, uh, regardless of what field they find themselves in. You know, it does. And I, I think what you're doing and, and what other powerful leaders of organizations do is they create a context in which people can thrive and flourish. And that's don't right. You, don't you feel that that's part of the vision that you're expressing to create that context that you know all all these great things can happen within that? A hundred percent. And that's that's the challenge of the work and the privilege of the work is, as you said, I like that 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 idea of creating creating the context, uh, creating the culture um, mm-hmm. so that those things can occur. If you want to think of it kind of, a, we bring the ingredients together so that when they're mixed properly and with the right level of care and precision, that the outcome is what you want it to be. Now, certainly that's not always the case, right? There are yes. pickups along the way, but I think it's that idea of uh, creating creating the right atmosphere, the right conditions. And that involves uh, the right values, the right mission, the right people, uh, and um, really just uh, that, that level of um, continually trying to remember that what we're about is bigger than ourselves. Yes. Um, and in that way, that constantly, I hope, causes us to remember that uh, that work never ends uh, because the need to help and to serve never ends. And so I, I think that's a great point that you make. It's leadership, as I'm learning uh, in my role, is about creating the conditions and then helping people navigate the conditions, not only what they currently are, but what help them help lead them toward what you want those conditions to become. Because obviously, as we as we help the people move toward uh, toward something better, the conditions also change as the people change. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a great way yeah, to put that. That's beautiful. And you know, uh, of course, when we're speaking about education, I think back to the very first job I had. Um, I was supposed to teach English literature in a high school and there were no jobs when I graduated from college. Uh, So I was offered a a remedial reading position, only it was teaching remedial reading to 16 and 17 year olds. And um, they were angry. It was an angry bunch of people and, you know, I, I, I related to it. I, I commiserated with it. I was empathetic toward it. But, I, you know, I tried to make learning reading fun. And I ended up getting soap opera scripts from CBS television for them to learn to read <laughs> soap opera scripts. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they loved it. But at the point of my story... And then I went to work for CBS. It was so much fun. But um, the point, <laughs> my, point of my story was that uh, after one of our classes, this really tough-looking young man came over to me. He said, I want to stay after school today. I said, oh, really? Okay. What would you like to do? He said, I want to talk to you. And I said, 
Okay. And when everybody had, you know, he kind of walked around the outside of the class. And when everybody was gone, he came back in and he said, I want to tell you something I have never told anyone. This guy is 17 years old. And I said, okay, go ahead. And he said, I don't know how to tell time. Mm. He said, in second grade, I was out with the chicken pox when they had uh, the, the, the teaching about telling time. And he said, I want you to teach me how to tell time. Wow. And I think it took me about seven minutes to teach him how to tell time when he'd been spending his whole life faking it. Mm, and mm-hmm. and when, when he saw it, he started banging his forehead with his hand. He said, is that all there is to it? Wow. I said, yes. And he said, I've been faking it my whole life and trying to be on time and not knowing what time it is, how to read. And this was before, <laughs> before digital clocks. <laughs> you know, you, you had to really read the, where the hour hand and the second hand were. And um, anyway, that was like the most gratifying moment of my entire teaching career, which was a little short-lived, but even so, it, you know, you, you get, I know the difference a teacher can mm. make is, is the point of that. Wow. That's a wonderful story. And, and I'm sure that uh, I hope that, that he was able to express this to you, but I think, uh, Certainly, you created the the culture and the environment where he felt safe enough to be vulnerable to share something that he'd worked his whole life to hide. Uh, and, I, and I think yes. that goes to your point about the power of, again, the power of really knowing uh, and being known causes us to feel um, more courageous and, and allows us to be willing to be vulnerable, uh, to let down some of that guard so that really, to the point you just made, we can enter into relationship uh, and we can enter into learning um, when we let that guard down. And so that's a beautiful story of that. Oh, and thanks for thank sharing you. that. You're welcome. And I want to go back to your letter because <laughs> by hook or by crook, I'm going to read the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I loved it, but I'm breaking it up and weaving in lots of other stuff. But uh, I love what you wrote in your third paragraph. And What's great is that your teachers don't know this is happening yet. Is that right? I mean, this is a surprise. That's right. This is a surprise for them uh, that I look forward to to sharing with them after our after our launch. So I'll share this. We have a, a full leadership team meeting coming up one week exactly after our first day of school, which has not happened yet here in our school district. That starts right. uh, early September for us, and I plan to give this to them almost as a as certainly a thank you but yes. also a celebration of what I'm really sure is going to be a great beginning. We are so thrilled, Judy, if I could just take 10 seconds to oh, talk about sure. this. We are thrilled to be in a place where uh, about 95% of our students will be back in person, full, oh, uh, full time. Wonderful. And, and we also have a great virtual option in place for those students whose families have selected uh, that option. And, and we're also excited about that opportunity for them, but we're just so looking forward to seeing so many students back. And so all that to say, I'm really excited. And I think the community is excited as we've engaged with them this summer, just to be um, hopeful about moving forward. I, I know we're not yes. we're not through uh, COVID yet. We know that, but we are learning ways to, to move forward. And um, so I, I look forward to giving them this letter uh, after our first week of, of 
being back and uh, celebrating what I know will be some early successes. That's great. And the letter is part of the whole Power of Acknowledgement book, as though it came that way, you know, which I I love because, uh, you know, you've expressed so eloquently for me and for others, obviously, what your vision for education is. And um, I, I love your third paragraph where you say, we could not achieve our goals without this team of strong, passionate, loving resilient and innovative teacher leaders working tirelessly each day behind the scenes and in the trenches. Thank you. See, that that's so important because those trenches, they, they can be damp and dark mm. and musty and, and, and people don't get how, you know, challenging it is to work in the trenches. And, sure. uh, Thank you for the countless hours of work you do to help our programs run smoothly and our staff and students stay informed. Your dedication helps bring our motto to life. And, um, you know, that's, that's a, a, a wonderful motto that you have. Um, I'm just trying, yeah, t- uh, say it again for us so we can take it away, your, what, what your motto is in power. What was that? Empower, yes, it, achieve. Empower, achieve, lead. Yes, yes. And, and Judy, I'll tell you. So we again, I love that motto for lots of reasons. One, again, because it came from our staff. It, it was, it was uh, really. We're talking about soul language there, right? When we talk about yes. those types of words, and so um, I love it, and I love how those pieces fit together. And what's uh, what I'm proud of, and what I think is uh, always really encouraging, is we actually weave that uh, that motto into I mean, all of our messaging, as you might expect, but also into our interview questions for new um, oh. teachers or for candidates to work in our building. And we actually, uh, we as the as typically as one of the uh, early questions, we ask them to tell us what those words mean to them and mm. uh, why they matter in this work that we do, and uh, which of those. Uh, to, to choose an example from their practice where we might see one of those words come to life. And we do that because we, again, as we look for people who are going to be uh, really uh, successful people on our team and who, who can thrive and flourish in this context, mm-hmm. we want them to know about those words. And so um, yeah, empower, achieve, lead. What's funny is often candidates for, for uh, in our interviews will say, huh, I love those words. I love how they fit together. And, <laughs> and, and, and we of course say, well, thank you. We do too. And, uh, and we really do, you know, see that that idea of not. We don't want to say giving students voice because students have voice already. Mm-hmm. I think it's giving them opportunities to use their voice and to be seen. That's part of that empowerment, and then really building uh, skills and knowledge um, and opportunities for them to learn so they can achieve at high levels. And then our whole goal and the why for us is we're trying to help people be well prepared to lead and again lead by serving. And so uh, we do see those those words is, you know, completely connected and we try to be explicit in that connection. That's so em- empowering <laughs> to, you know, to pick up uh, on the words, not just for the administrators and the teachers, but certainly the students have to feel it. They have to get it. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, that's what will have them thrive and flourish um also as, as you're 
Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that's a great point. You know, I'm thinking about some of your listeners. I'm assuming many of them are not in the field of education. Right. And, and I'm thinking about maybe just trying here to make a really explicit connection. Every every listener works for an organization uh, and maybe is a leader of an organization where the, the mission and the vision of that organization uh, and the values of that organization are, are written somewhere or are believed somewhere. And, and what I would hope to encourage the listener, regardless of of background would be to say, make that as visible as you possibly can throughout mm. your organization um, and, and make sure that, uh, to your point, that that people don't have to wait. They don't have to think hard to be able to tell you what it is. Uh, and, and a good good gauge of how visible and, and uh, pervasive it is, is how quickly the people, not only the employees, but people that engage in any way with the organization know that that's what you're about. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure that there are Beautiful. many, uh, many listeners who, who know a great deal more about that uh, than certainly than I do. But uh, I've learned a lot of the power of making those things visible. Uh, it, it, it allows for focus for me as the leader. Uh, it allows us for great, clear reference points when uh, when days are hard, but also when days are great, because we can tie them back to those things that are all around us. So just something I hope will make that relevant to the, the listener who might say, uh, well, this guy, you know, he's in a different field than I am. And, and this maybe to, to find some common ground there. Oh, I think that's a wonderful connection that you've made. I mean, for me, uh, the connection is I've been educated. I've gone through schools that were wonderful. Mm-hmm. I've gone through, uh, you know, classes with teachers that were inspiring and amazing. But I had a few that I'm still, still traumatized by one teacher mm. in third grade who, you know, just, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you very quickly, she, um, uh, I, w- I was being teased by a lot of boys and, um, and she, and I started to cry. So she said, well, and I, and I started to run out of the classroom, the third grade, I was just running out of it. She said, Judy, you can't, you can't leave yet. And I said, why, why, why not? And she said, you have to smile first. And that was the last time I ever smiled on command. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. And I adored her. She was actually my, until that moment, my favorite teacher of my mm-hmm. whole career. But, you know, we as educators can be insensitive as well, you know, to to what students are feeling and what they're going through, especially at times like this with, you know, we, we've all been, you know, traumatized collectively by mm-hmm. COVID. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, your job is is much harder. They, they have to be empaths as well as, you know, people who inspire. That's right. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story. And again, it's just the power of, uh, of a leader, right? In, yes. in in your third grade classroom, the teacher is the leader, right? And so, yeah. and you remember that story these years later. And so I think that's <laughs> just a good reminder for all of us of the power of our words and our actions. And, um, and again, not just in education, right? I think all of us in leadership have to be empathetic to, to really, um, to get beyond that idea of, well, this is just how I am and who I am, uh, which has its place, but the reality is we're leading people who have a, a variety uh, of needs and expectations of us. And um, to lead them well, we we have to make an effort at least at, at knowing what those needs and expectations are. And again, I think that goes back to a point you made earlier about being visible 
and being present and again, being seen, uh, yes. which was another challenge last year of, of for all the reasons that it was nearly impossible to be present physically. Yes. Uh, but, but again, just that idea of, um, you know, that, that teacher I'm sure uh, was probably well-intentioned in that and, and was coming from her personality, but was maybe uh, was clearly unaware of, of what you needed and expected in that moment. Um, and, and that happens, right? In human relationship, I think it's just a place for us to learn, yes. uh, a, a way for us to learn from um, making sure we're doing our best to be attentive to, to the needs of others and, and seeing them in ways that they receive. Uh, I'll share a quick story. At the Please. end of last year, I had a teacher say, uh, again, it was, it was a tough year, but um, she, she offered some, some unsolicited feedback, honestly, and, and that was fine. We were having a, a pretty open and candid conversation and, and just said that she really was struggling to, to feel valued. And of course, Im- immediately I thought to myself, well, I, I, actually I said, I, I don't want you to feel that way. And what would be helpful is for you to tell me what it would look like or what it would, mm. what, what we could do to help you feel valued. Because my perspective is there's a lot of things that we do to try to, to try to show you that uh, we, we recognize and acknowledge you. Uh, and if, if we're not meeting the mark, you're feeling this way. Uh, we'd like to know how we can do better. Oh, and so, uh, well, thank you. I, I'll share that, you know, there's a way for that conversation to be very discouraging for a leader. Right. But also it's, it's how she felt. And, uh, mm-hmm. and she's a person in our organization who's, who's here and who's chosen to be here and who's adding value. And so um, there's something that we can do better here for her to not only feel a certain way, but to articulate it um, oh. that, that candidly, it was a challenge for me to say, well, we're going to keep after this. And honestly, Judy, that was, that was uh, listening to that podcast with Danny and you and your conversation came within a few days of that conversation with her. And so uh, very timely indeed to, to find this connection and, and think of ways to, to maybe help her not feel that way. And other teachers uh, who I might not know are, are feeling, um, you know, disengaged in some way, uh, despite our best efforts and, and try to make sure that they're being seen. But you know what you've done with that? You have made it 100% safe for her to share what's real for her. What, you know, what's missing? What, what, what would it take for her to feel known and seen and valued? And we don't always make it safe for people to do that that's right well and it's uh it's difficult right the urgency of our work the the pace of the day uh and our personalities i I tend to sometimes be very task oriented as you would expect with uh right in a job where things have to get done Uh, and not to say that i'm not people oriented but sometimes i can get a little compartmentalized and so (laughs) uh, yeah i do need people to give that type of feedback. And as you said, as we talked about a few minutes ago, for us to constantly try to create the conditions where people feel safe. And uh, interestingly, I was having a conversation with uh, with my coach this morning and, and he said, you know, John, um, if you want your culture to be candid, which is something I certainly desire here for everyone mm-hmm. in, our, in our organization, then you have to be candid. <laughs> uh, oh. and, and so they will be as candid as you are. And of course, you know, he's right about that. Uh, so um, I, I hope to model those things. And I, it's an area of growth for me as I think about um, just, you know, even this idea of 
and you you've shared this you share this in your podcast and also in the course but uh when you when you are conscious of someone's uh contribution acknowledge it and do it right away and, and be okay with it. it might feel awkward uh, but just be willing to go into the heart space of of being okay with even the awkward i'm not sure how to to tell you but i really appreciate and see you um Yes. And and I think that's a piece of candor that oh. builds trust and that builds builds engagement. I love that, and um, you know it, it's so interesting because uh, in September uh, we're having a webinar, effectively uh, looking at the return on investment of grateful leadership and how it really can make a huge difference in the workplace and of course mm. in families and communities. And uh, you may be getting an invitation from me <laughs> to, to participate in that in some way. This has been such a good conversation. And um, I would love to uh, take this letter because there are a couple more paragraphs um, and I know we're coming to the end of this uh, time frame we set aside, but may I use this letter once you've given it to all the teachers? I, w I would not, uh, you know, spill the beans before <laughs> and put it up on our website and on LinkedIn just as a motivator for other, not only educators, because you made the great point that supplies to leaders in every kind of an organization. So um, not to put you on the spot or anything, but can I put it up there? <laughs> you, you you certainly can, Judy. I'd be happy to share that as uh, something that might encourage someone else. And uh, I, I value the examples that you gave uh, when we talked originally and then also through the course. And I found them very helpful, particularly as, yeah. as you explained that difference between recognition and acknowledgement and so yes. some of this language is really drawn from your examples certainly and i would love to share that out with others so that they can benefit from from this example that's wonderful and i know you said you were i think in the third module of the grateful leadership course has that been one of the bigger takeaways for you about the distinction between recognition and acknowledgement i, I would say that it has been because I, I think you did a great job just explaining the nuance. And then also for me, it there was an encouragement toward just deeper vulnerability there and, and yes. being more specific. And so that was helpful. And then also your discussion around just engagement in general and this idea of active engagement, active disengagement. And uh, again, you, you referenced earlier, you know, the work that I did uh, several years ago now with motivation motivation mm -hmm. and engagement are, are almost interchangeable terms right and so uh, i was very interested to hear what you had to say about uh, just the workforce in general uh, and and thinking through just this power of uh, again connection and, and acknowledgement to uh, help engage people at deep levels so those would be some of my major takeaways but uh, you're probably not surprised that i have i have a lot of notes and you know that uh, i just <laughs> uh, i've enjoyed I've enjoyed it and oh, I'm looking forward so to continuing on. Yeah, well, thank well, you. Well, that's great. And I want to kind of uh, come to the uh, conclusion of our interview, not the absolute conclusion, but because I want your comments on this. But you sent me a paragraph at, at one point that I think is so critically important to all of us. Um, you said, John, I think this is from your bio. John's passion is to make school, and let's substitute also any organization, 
an enriching experience for all students, let's say all employees. And he is quick to point out that this requires making it enriching for each student. One of his models as he seeks to bring about more equitable outcomes and opportunities in his school community is that all means each. Mm-hmm. And you've touched on that, but let me just finish that paragraph because it's, it's all filled with important things. John strives to be a leader who cultivates a culture of safety and belonging. That's another, you're using such great words where others can know and be known. That's why when I read this stuff, John, I said, yeah, you've got to be my guest. (laughs) (laughs) And where every member of his school community will use their voice as they pursue the school's vision of empowering, achieving, and leading. So any, any concluding thoughts about that um, that you'd like to add? I mean, those words are so powerful. Not too much you have to say. (laughs) Well, well, thank you, Judy. Only, only that, uh, you know, that work or those words inform uh, what I hope each day brings, but also what our future brings. I do view those Mm. as aspirational because as I, as is true in any organization, um, we can, we want to create a condition like what was described there, um, but that's ongoing work. So it's something yes. for us to work toward because we know of its deep and lasting value. Uh, and so if, if I were to add anything to, to what I wrote, it would simply be just to, to hopefully connect to the other leaders and uh, other uh, employees and um, other motivators who are, who are listening just to say, um, you know that we know that we're pressing on toward that. That those yes. aren't uh, those aren't easy things to accomplish, but those are what I think are lifelong, and I would even use the word eternal things mm-hmm. to press toward, and that those would give us um, uh, that would give us a deep and lasting hope uh, in the work that we do. That it has purpose, which I think is really important for people to think about their work having value, oh, and yes. certainly our lives being spent doing valuable things. That's so wonderful, and we all. You know, they say now that millennials' major job requirement is to work for a company that has purpose, has a vision Mm. and purpose. And, you know, we all want to know that. You know, we all want to know that the organization we're spending such a huge part of our lives at, uh, you know, really uh, those organizations are committed to a purpose that's greater than, you know, profits and and most companies are striving to do that now um so anyway i know you have two young children how old are they john they are seven and four um my seven-year-old is about to start second grade and uh Mm -hmm. my four-year-old is getting ready to enter year number two of preschool which this year will be in person uh so that's that'll be great wonderful Wonderful. yes yeah so we're excited I'm sure you're going to have a few things to um, whisper in the uh, educators' ears <laughs> over where your children are going to school. I'm sure you're going to be uh, very aware of everything that's going on there. Yes, well, we do our best, and, and certainly my wife does a great job also uh, just uh, supporting uh, the kiddos, and um, and we, we also work hard to to make sure that our kids' teachers feel well supported because oh, uh, from this vantage point, know how hard that work is. So Yes. And uh, just one little hint I might drop is if anybody happened to uh, 
have a cell phone, uh, you know, video camera uh, available. When you present the books to the teachers, I would not be at all adverse to uh, putting that on our website. <laughs> but no pressure, John, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that sounds like a great plan. And Judy, I'd honestly love to talk to you more again yes. so, at some point through this year. Once we, hopefully some of these ideas have taken root and uh, we've kind of grown the, oh, the okay. effort and uh, to give you an update, I think would be fun. That'd be awesome. I would really, really appreciate that. And we're happy to have you back as a, uh, a second time guest because you've been fabulous to talk to, John. I really want to thank you. And um, I want to thank our listeners. I know we've all been in school. We all have, uh, you know, children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews who are in education now in educational environments. And we want the kind of educational leader that John is and is nurturing and fostering. So thank you very much. And uh, I just also say to all of our listeners, please remember to acknowledge someone or many someones each and every day. Thank you, John. Thank you, Judy.